This is Meet the Movie Press. It's February the 8th, 2019 on the show this week. World War Z 2 is dead. Escape from New York again. And Albert Finney has sadly passed. Plus the week's big movies and the box office. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk. Featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks, Meet the Movie Press. This is Meet the Movie Press. It is February the 8th, 2019. My name is Simon Thompson. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at ShowbizSimon. I am the host of this show, ably assisted by my panel... Consisting of Dimitri Panos. Hey Hello. there, everybody. Who are you? Where can we find you? Be quick. Uh, Dimitri Panos here at Popcorn Talk Networks. Meet the movie press, Indeed. obviously, and on Anatomy of a Movie. Scott, welcome back. Hey, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, Scott Menzel, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. And if you want to follow the show, we're on social media at Meet Movie Press. Okay, guys, a lot to get through yes. this week. Uh, you're welcome back, by the way, thank from you. Sundance. Welcome and back. thank you so much for our gifts. You're welcome. You came back today with the little sippy cups for us, which <laughs> yeah. was very much appreciated. You need so your juice boxes. It was Juice awesome. boxes. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll talk about Sundance a little bit later in the show, because I just want to get a, a, a recap from you on that. But first of all, um, a lot of news this week. Uh, let's kick off with David Fincher's World War Z2 um, is originally now officially dead and buried. Um, I fully suspect this will rise again. Uh, on something like Netflix or Amazon in some form. Uh, guys, your thoughts on this? I actually really liked World War Z, and at the time, took a lot of shit on social media. Um, I was accused of being paid by the film company to say that I like it. <laughs> Good times, people. That's always appreciated. It's also never the case. Um, your thoughts on this being being shelved? Surprised? I, very disappointed, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy, I really like World War Z. Mm. I think it was a really solid movie. Uh, on top of it, too, because of its story. Yeah. Because it was a Fox film that went to Paramount. There was a war over mm-hmm. it. They completely reshot the last... Chunks of it. ...quarter of the yeah. movie. Like, it had a completely different ending. Like... This movie should not have been a success and or even good, and it exceeded all those expectations, Mm -hmm. and it worked, and it worked in 3D, and it was just a really good movie. I was looking forward to the next iteration to see what happens. This bums me out. It bums me out even more that something like 20th Century Fox Mm -hmm. is going away because... Might have been able to go back to them. It might have reverted back to a Fox. I would like to see a Universal or Warner Brothers. Like, a, you need somebody big who's going to make this a big theatrical picture. And there is nothing to say that that can't happen because now, if they don't want to make it, then it's up for grabs. So, I mean, that is right. a potential. And you talk about, um, you know, maybe Fox would want to take it back and develop it. I could absolutely see that. I think with the with the Disney Fox merger, I think with the, with the new Fox company. We're going to see quite a few. Uh, I think they're going to be exploring all of their strands. They're going to be doing some experimentation, I think, and really trying to build some stuff out. Maybe with like a, a Searchlight or a Sony classic style evolution, creating that kind of material. But also, you mentioned Universal. Really interesting point. Universal are looking for IPs, especially now bringing back the Universal Monsters, that they can really turn into franchises, into spin-offs, into things like Mazes at Halloween Horror Night. Uh, yeah. Universal, if you get like a Blumhouse on there, because <laughs> obviously they've got a good relationship, would be a really good thing to do. I think so. Uh, by the way, if you want to take part in the show, you can do the chat as well. Um, so if you're watching us live on YouTube, we would welcome you in there. Hello to everybody in there at the moment. We'll get back to you soon. Uh, Scott, your thoughts I, on this? I, I think it was a risky move from the beginning, yeah. To do a sequel for this. Okay. And I think the reason why. why I mean, the first one, 
got mediocre reviews. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with it. Yep. Even though the box office was fairly, you know, fairly high for that type of film, I feel like when you ever you make a sequel and people are mixed on a movie, it can go either way. It means mm-hmm. that that sequel has to be really, really good. You know, it's it's kind of a good example of this that I can always go back to is is the recent Power Ranger movie. Okay, everyone, good example. Everyone wants the next one, but the sequel, you know, the sequel has been like in talks and talks and talks, and like it hasn't been greenlit yet. Mm. And that's because if this the first one didn't do that well and people were mixed on it, there's no guarantee that the next one's going to do well. So I think this is a smart move on their on their part to not do this. But, Can, but hold on one yeah. second, because here, domestic gross, it did $202 million. And worldwide, that's $540 million. Yes. Yeah. So that's a good gross. Right, like, it that's is a really good, gross, good gross. But what the problem is, is that not if, if 80% of those people were positive on the movie, that would be like, okay, let's do it. Mm. People were very lukewarm on this. And then also how many hands this movie has changed. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. That's, that's also thing. a problem. But also, if you look at this, there are many movies that we've seen in the last couple of years where the first movie hasn't landed. It's landed okay. It hasn't landed as big as you might like. And yet the time that people have had to digest the movie, whether that's five years or whatever, they now, they've, they've formed an affiliation. They've discovered it on streaming platforms. They've discovered it on planes. They've right. discovered it on DVD and Blu-ray. They've discovered it in various ways. Even if it's like, I see the imagery of the zombies going up to the wall on a regular right, basis. Right. There's certain iconography that comes along with the movie that people have discovered and created an association with it, which means that, and we see this increasingly these days, sometimes the second movie surpasses the first movie by some considerable margin because it's had that chance to bed in. So I think actually even though your point I I also agree with it does have the potential for the fact that this is sit and stewed and a lot of people have found or discovered it potentially that could actually be a really good thing. I also think that it has a lot to do with the budget. Yeah. And I think if they were yeah. able to do this for uh, a modest amount, yeah. it would be fine, mm-hmm. but I think with the level of talent and probably how much they wanted for this budget it was part of an issue. So what about basically reimagining it and rather than doing a movie, either doing it as a limited series or as a TV thing or something like I that? Think that's is smart. that the better way to go ahead with it? Because I don't think this property should die and zombies zombies are still so hot right now. They are. Oh my god, <laughs> zombies are so hot right now. Yeah. Very big on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and on Twitter, I, I yep. mean, I'm there. So <laughs> I just say, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea to go. Mm. I, but I, just the original question, yeah, I am sorry that we're not going to get yeah. a continuation. I thought that it was really good uh, going in. Budgetary-wise, yes. I think the first one was like $190 million. But going into... Again, we, we, we really went in depth on anatomy of a movie on this movie, going mm. into what they changed. Rarely does a movie Work. refilm yeah, yeah, yeah. their entire ending, not just like the five minutes. Mm. They did the entire third act. But also the whole and movie is not exactly it, sticking very closely to the original novel, no, no, no. novelization, the book. Oh, no, the book. So it's not, close. no, no, it's completely different. Absolutely. They literally took the name. Yeah, pretty much. And when you do that, you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. So let's look at what people are uh, saying in the chat. Morning, Langley M. Ne- uh, Neely. Uh, what is up with you guys? Oh, we're good. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, MK Songbird, <laughs> uh, second recent project Fincher has attached to that was cancelled because of budget. Unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Uh, uh, let's have a look. Uh, Zeno, I'm hoping... 
Uh, Xenoman was hoping the World War II sequel was going to happen. Absolutely, me too. Uh, MK Songbird still upset over HBO cancelling the Fincher Fling Utopia adaptation uh, with Rooney Mara. Yeah, sometimes these projects that sound great, they just don't. They just don't materialise for whatever reason in the studio system. Uh, Ricky Devilla saying, can't blame Paramount one bit for cancelling the movie. I would die to see a Fincher... Don't die. Uh, I would die to see a Fincher-directed zombie blockbuster, but they set a budget and he didn't abide by it. I get it. Um, Zeno out, I like World War Z, and I think the third act was the strength of the movie. Interesting. That's something you don't hear very often. And BlackRock316, 200 million for a zombie movie? Question mark, question mark? 200 million? Question mark, question mark? Yeah, I mean, I think the budget, they could do it for a lot less than that now. Well, they I mean, could. absolutely. I mean, if they don't refilm the entire ending. But there is yeah. one other There is one other thing. Okay, are you going to use the Meg example? Because, like, they want to know yeah. about the budget. And I'm like, when I saw the budget on the Meg, I was like, really? This How much, much was money? the budget on the Meg? Like, $150 million? What a waste of fucking money. money. I know. But the movie made a ton of money. It doesn't matter. Doesn't it doesn't matter. Shit movies make lots of money <laughs> all the time. That movie could have been but made for, like, $10 million. It's like saying, well, you know, someone's rich. It's like, well, they can still be an asshole and have a lot of money I, just I, bank look, doesn't make you good but i thought it was fun but i just want to go back i forget all meg for a second no because there's another point here that i've been trying not, to and you you brought it up i didn't bring it up he brought blame it fish and furious there is one thing that we're not talking about yeah. is that at the time that world war z was released mm. right uh, Jim Giannopoulos was head of Fox. Yep. Okay. Jimbo. Fox didn't... There was that whole war between mm. getting World War Z. <laughs> who's who's head of Paramount right now? Mm. Jim Giannopoulos. Yeah. So he might feel a little... I mean, I don't know. Mm. I'm just... This he's is got all Paramount going the right direction right oh, now. That's for No, sure. absolutely. So but he's, he's smart for leaving I, this, well, I feel. Well, he could feel a little burned yeah. by yeah. Plan B. Um, well, let, for, uh, for let's see. I mean, I mean, it's possible. I, I'm not saying that it is. I think if people want to pick it up, um, I, I think it would be a good idea. I also think we've seen Universal move into the TV realm with their franchises. The Purge last year, which has been mm-hmm. renewed for a second season. Um, I think that's quite low spend. The, the figures for that were not amazing, but they were quite consistent. I, I would be very surprised if someone like a Fox didn't take it back or if Universal didn't pick it up and just run with it. I still think there's a lot of potential here for that. Sure. Um, okay, let's move on very briefly. Uh, this wasn't on the list for today, but unfortunately, breaking news this morning about Albert Finney passing. Um, you, Everybody knows Albert Finney, and you kind of forget all the great things that he did in his career. I mean, the iconic roles. It's funny. Everybody's kind of listed like two or three movies that he's done in their descriptions in online articles today. And some are the same, and some are very different. You go, oh, I forgot he was in that. Amazing. Um, Albert Finney, he's part of a, a, a breed, I mean, literally a dying breed, where... You know, we don't have too many of these amazing... We're starting to see some come through again now, but character actors, not movie stars, really good character actors, and we're losing them. Your your favourite Albert Finney moments from his insanely successful career? I, I have to go with Big Fish. I okay. mean, good I just, choice. Yeah, I mean, good I choice. just love him in that movie, the way he narrates it, yeah. and, I mean, that scene in the bathtub at the end is right. still mm. like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, for me, he was an amazing Hercule Poirot in the in the original Murder on the Orient Express. Oh yes, mm. yes, yes. Uh, he was fantastic. He was yep. great in Aaron Brockovich. He was great in yep. Skyfall. Uh, he was a fantastic Scrooge, the musical version, oh, yeah, which yeah, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. think yeah, about yeah. Albert Finney as carrying off in a legit musical. Yeah, but he did. Uh, he, he has so much to his career. 
Uh, and, and as you said, he's a, been a character actor. He's always a recognizable force. And whenever he's been in a movie, like, I thought... Aaron Brockovich was like a renaissance from him. It very him. much was. He kind of got it, forgotten a little bit by yeah. Hollywood. It was like, it was an era in Hollywood where a lot of people of this ilk, these great character actors, like the Michael Caines of the world and stuff, they were kind of being relegated to straight to video stuff or some yeah. TV stuff, but mostly that kind of, you'd see it going into, they'd do it for like, like Michael Caine did Jaws 4, they'll do it for like the money and because they still want to work. Right. And it was Aaron Brockovich that really pulled Albert Finney out and put him back on that front line. That yeah. still happens to this day with people's careers. You go, oh, fuck, whatever happened to Albert? Oh, my God, Albert Finney's amazing. How yeah. do we forget how amazing exactly. Albert Finney was? That was a that was a, a real benchmark moment for this sort of final act yeah. of, of his career. Yeah, and again, I don't Tremendous know role. when the last time any of you saw, have rewatched About a the, year original, ago. Well, the original Murder on the Orient Express. It's, uh, yeah, oh, so it's on ago. Amazon Prime. Yeah, It's and, on Amazon Prime. And his Hercule Poirot is tremendous genius like not to take away from Kenneth Branagh but I'm taking away from Kenneth Branagh yeah that, that, because they're incomparable fantastic. they're the yeah. same the same yeah. origin matter yeah. but just and, and, yeah. and he was just fantastic and being a James Bond fan in Skyfall which was an ultimate James Bond yeah and he was the caretaker he was the Bond t- caretaker and he was integral in the final act of that movie he's a great actor people are saying in the chat Zeno Hour is saying R.I.P. Albert Finney yeah, absolutely uh, Bob B is saying Saturday night and Sunday morning is great that is I haven't seen that movie in years. Uh, Zeno Hour at Miller's Crossing. Uh, Chris oh. Mason saying, I saw grown men crying watching Big Fish. Yeah. Uh, Langley B. Neely, uh, he was a legend. Uh, Bob B. Finney is great in Saturday night and Sunday night, uh, Saturday night and Sunday morning uh, when he was young, under the volcano when he was older. Uh, Senor Nerd uh, is saying, oh my God, Big Fish is Tim Burton's most underrated movie ever. I agree, actually. It was criminally overlooked and it's a great piece of work. Scott Boswell. Uh, who was in that movie with Tom Hanks and there's 1930s Hitman, he was the boss father figure, he was um, Zias B. Lou, uh, Simon, Terry Moore penning pilot script for uh, Hulu Motorgirl series, yeah I'm aware of that uh, Zeno Hour saying, uh, I love him in Skyfall uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting but I'll tell you, when I first really realised Albert Finney as a kid was when I saw Annie Oh, now that, yeah. that movie oh, yeah. sometimes gets dismissed as being like, oh you know, fluffy fluffy Annie is one of the greatest movie musicals of all time. It doesn't get the appreciation that it deserves. That movie is almost flawless in its execution Uh of that. Everybody in that is pitch perfect. Mm -hmm. It's a tremendous movie. And Albert Finney, his voice... Yeah. Daddy Warbucks was literally it, it almost fucking moved through me as a child. Yeah. It, that character and his performance had so much effect on me. Tremendous. It's actually one of the movies that started my love of musicals. Yeah, he I was a, never into them before that. I really? saw that as a kid and I was just like, I, I love this. Tremendous. Yeah. Absolutely tremendous. Uh, That's a, a great, great point. Yeah, he was a great Daddy Warbucks. And again, <clears throat> just going back to that Scrooge, uh, which was a musical, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's a great. I, I try to find it every Christmas, um, you know, and, it, and, you know, one of the best scenes is the song Thank You Very Much, mm. in which he's with the ghost, like the death ghost, yeah. and he comes back, he's at England, and they're, like, having this big party because somebody died, and they're, like, going, who is this person they're honoring? They're going, yeah. it's you. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. No, no. They're thanking you for dying. And it's a great scene in the way that it plays off. But he was fantastic as Daddy Warbucks. He had a presence. And again, just you can't take away from Big Fish and or like what what he did as being 
the counterpart to Aaron Brockovich, like being yeah. a compatriot. Yeah. yeah. He was amazing in that movie. Um, it's funny. He was always he'd always bring balance to a scene. Yes, whatever he was in, he would always bring balance. Perfect. And anybody who acted against him, even in some of the smaller stuff that he did, which wasn't particularly high budget, he would always he would elevate the performances of those people who were acting against him in the scenes that they were acting in together. He really was, you know, you you upscaled, you upgraded to go opposite right. Albert Finney. Right. Really, I mean, a tremendous actor. We don't have too many of those, but in, in, interestingly, Annie actually was filmed not far from where these studios are on the Warner lot in Burbank. Right. And if you, it's always amazing. I do the tour on quite a regular basis. I take anybody who comes from out of town. We always go up and do it, and it's amazing. And me being a massive nerd, it's like fucking amazing day out. <laughs> so, but every single time they point out on the street and they go, and this is the orphanage for Annie, and this is the street where they did this dance. And some people are like, oh, I've never seen Annie. I've never, and I'm like, <laughs> you need, okay, get on your phones, yeah. go to Amazon, order Annie, get that shit delivered to your home and watch it. Yeah. If you haven't seen Annie, seriously, in tribute to Albert Finney this weekend, and, and, watch Annie, watch Aaron Brockovich, and then pick a random movie of his that you might never have heard of. I guarantee it won't be shit. And, and, and not the recent Annie. No, not the recent yeah, Annie, not which the Jamie nobody Fox saw. One. Yeah, yeah, that one. So even <laughs> even Jamie Foxx and Cameron Diaz say, if, not the if, recent one. Just to, you know, Carol yeah. Burnett. Tremendous was performance in that. In that. Is, was in that oh, Annie, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. She was. When you yeah, look she was. at who was in that movie, uh, the girl, if uh, if memory serves, she was a find. Yeah. She she was a brand new talent that mm-hmm. they brought in to play Annie. Uh it's it's great. It's whimsy. It's whimsical. It's musical, and it yeah. really it, yeah. it, it hits all the points. We're going to move on from this in the chat sure. with people saying uh, Bob B. Death sucks. Death does indeed suck. Uh, Zion's yeah. blue. They should get that on a t-shirt. Uh, my sister's <laughs> heart. Uh, everybody loves Annie. If they don't, well, they're wrong. Uh, Chris Mason. I'm kidding. There's no right or wrong. Uh, Chris Mason. Oh, I get it now. Bob B. Um, I wish we could have these greats forever in their prime. Absolutely. Uh, but we have their movies. We can enjoy them uh, even when all they've left the us, which is the positive. Uh, Chris Mason, the, uh, the nephews are singing new and old Annie songs for school, forced to or else. Not a problem. Yeah. Uh, Chris Mason singing <laughs> Hard Knocks Live is tremendous. A massively influential tune. Yes. Consistently yes. used. The sun will come out tomorrow. Two movies that absolutely remain absolute timeless classics. Right, sure. Seriously, uh, Albert Finney, um, very sad that he's no longer with us, but holy crap, what a resume of tremendous performances. Not a stinker in there. Not a stinker, and you can't say that about many people. Um, moving on now to, to, to BAFTAs. Uh, BAFTAs announcing this week, the BAFTAs taking place in London on Sunday, uh, taking back Brian Singer's directorial nomination for Bohemian Rhapsody, but not rescinding the nomination for the movie. They're just taking him off it. Surprised and surprised that others haven't done this. Guys, uh, Scott, first of all. I'm, I, I still love Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I still love Bohemian I Rhapsody. I don't freaking care what anyone says. Um, I think they're doing the right thing. Um, yeah. You know, there was a director who came on board. I, his name is slipping my mind right now. It was. Uh, uh, oh, it begins with a D. Uh, D movies one seven zero. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's, oh, um, yeah, but um, anyway, what, what I think people often forget is that not only does it not matter that Brian Singer was attached to this project, but the thousands of people involved in this project and the I, I think this movie had a few producers and all those people who poured their heart and souls and money into this movie yeah. that I think to discredit this entire movie would be would be shameful. So to take Brian Singer's name off this is the right thing to do. Dexter Fletcher. Dexter, Dexter Fletcher. I mean it it 
with everything happening, it it makes sense. To yep. your credit, though, right? Um, the likes of John Ottman, yep, who has worked with Brian Singer uh, pretty much right. steadily since day one, uh, and he's a friend of Anatomy of a Movie. He's been on the show a couple of times, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, so congratulations to John Ottman. You know, he is getting recognized. He just got like a like yeah. a like an editing award yeah. for it, and rightly so, I think. Um, so. With all the controversy, um, yeah, it's it's it, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, uh, for the time. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that some other awards seasons, uh, other awards haven't kind of done a, a, a similar thing. They've been they've been kind of not mentioning not him not mentioning at all. him. Yeah, yeah. And he hasn't it, been it, present it has at all never, on the circuit. It yeah. has never been his no. name has not been mentioned once. No, yeah. it, look at look at the Golden Globes. I know, right? But I, I mean. Yeah, he, he, that was a, that movie wasn't directed by anybody. He wasn't there. Yeah. He wasn't mentioned. Yeah, there was. Yeah. But I think it's so, it's so many. There are only a handful of directors. I think that the average guy on the street will actually know. Right, and they will know the movie. So I think a lot of these movies that often I get nominated for for these things, they people don't really generally. Are you all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't generally. Um, uh, uh, they, they don't generally. You don't associate the director with him. You associate with the film, right? right. He's made a name for himself, though, especially after Usual Suspects, the X Men movies. Know. It's like, yeah. You know, and 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 he was quite visible. He was he even had a cameo in a Star Trek movie. Mm. Um, he was the kind of guy like he he gave a great interview. Yeah, he loved being part of the Marvel universe. Mm. He talked very much about Hugh Jackman, about like when he made the first X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a big deal for him to come back. And then when he does, like when he did uh, uh, Usual Suspects, uh, Apt Pupil, yeah. he, was, he never shied away. He was one of those directors that actually, like at least from what I observed, he liked doing interviews. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a person that shied away from a camera, and so that's why he's so visible. This this goes back. I mean, this conversation always comes up, and I think we've talked about it multiple mm-hmm. times yeah. here. Is that Brian Singer is a douchebag? Let's we know that sure. right now. We know that it's it's been known in Hollywood for years, and they refuse to do anything about it. Right. You know why? Why at this point now stop this movie that obviously the entire band of Queen absolutely loves, and that they uh, that Fox, <laughs> that Fox weren't and, expecting to yeah. be the hit that it no, has been. and it hasn't been. Right. But yeah. I mean, this I always go back to this question, and I don't, and I and I know I bring it up all the time. But because we hate Brian Singer now, does that mean that we we, we say that usual unusual sus, uh, usual suspect sucks? Do we say that the first X Men you can't we can't like it's good just movies like, are good movies. That's right, and it's like if we didn't have Brian Singer, I hate to say this, we wouldn't have Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, right. a character that has become so iconic and everyone loves. Yeah, I mean. It's just, it's a shame to say this, and I think a lot of people have found such joy in Bohemian Rhapsody that I do think it would be uh, a crime to kind of Can overlook I, this movie. I want yeah. to ask you, you folks a question, too, yeah. regarding Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Yeah. When I went into the theater, had my ticket, went to, to watch it, at that point, I had completely forgotten that Brian Singer me too. Yeah, me too. had directed it until yeah. I saw. Number one, I saw John Ottman's name come up, and I was like, "John, I go, he really does. He really mm. works away from Brian Singer." When I saw his name come up, I said, "Oh my god!" I had completely forgotten about it. I mean, Fox did such a job 
<laughs> sort of well covering it up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, which is that, amazing that it's still listed everywhere. Yeah. That's well, what's I mean, kind of weird to me. And Zena are saying uh, quite rightly, Brian Singer barely directed Bohemian Rhapsody yes. anyway. He got the director credit on technicality. He did. Yeah, it was Dexter Fletcher, as, as we, we yeah. corrected, said directed the new Elton John biopic as well. Actually, yeah. So um, I mean, yeah, I, I think to be honest with you, a lot of people aren't associating it with Brian because it was almost like a, a duopoly of directing. But people just haven't associated with either. They purely, I very few people go to see, like I say, unless it's a handful of directors, a movie because of the director. They go to see a movie because they want to see a movie. There are people like us who might go and see the work of a director because we want to see the work of the director and the film. A lot of people don't operate like that. What I call normal people don't right. operate like that. No. People outside of our fucking right. nerdy bubble, they You're don't right. do it. So I don't think it ultimately matters. And no. it wasn't a movie that Fox were expecting to be as big no. as it turned out to be by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, success at the box office or popularity, they thought it would be actually quite niche. So this has gone far beyond what they were expecting. And certainly I don't even think they were perhaps looking at right. any of the major awards. Right. So I think that's come out of nowhere as well. But it's a movie that's did, landed. It's not associated with Brian, so I don't right. think it's going to make that much of a does difference. Anybody, a nice does anybody motion. know how much of it he filmed? Because I was under the impression I, he had filmed about three quarters of it. I heard he left about halfway through. Mm. Okay. And I know that the entire second half of the movie, uh, especially the live aid, aid sequence, which is the one that everyone loves, right. yeah. was not done by him. It was not. No. Okay. Interesting. Because, you know, it, it, because there was another movie that had come out about a year ago, mm. um, you know, which the directors were fired and they had filmed about three quarters of the movie and they didn't get any credit at all uh, for directing. And that was Lord Miller for, for Solo. Yeah. Um, they got no directing credit. No, they got, they got a producing credit, um, but you know yeah. and that made a hell of a lot more news. Like Fox you know, it's, did a it's, good ha- job it's happened previously it because a lot of directors have changed their name. The Alan Smithy sure. controversy oh, yeah. previously, so yeah. movies that were directed but weren't directed with people. A number of Neil Jordan projects. Neil Jordan's had his name put off, taken off, but but that's a slightly different circumstance. This yeah. this removal of name is over um, controversy and, and scandal. Uh, we're going to move on from this in just a second. Um, Langley B. Neely, well, I thought Usual Suspects sucked way back when, but that's on me. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, okay, let's uh, briefly touch on the Super Bowl trailers. Uh, no major surprises there. We kind of knew what was going to happen. Uh, a number of trailers that obviously came through that were extended or different versions of that people were talking about. So let's rip through those and get our thoughts on those. Captain Marvel, uh, a different trailer. I'll be honest with you, I'm already sold on that movie. Yeah. That didn't sell it to me anymore. Nope. nope. What about you I agree. guys? I agree. Okay. Um, us. 100%. I'm super Us excited. Like, I, that's like the, the most show it to me. Yeah, show it to me I already. See this movie. Yeah. Dear yeah. God, I know. Yeah. Yeah, Same here. I, I just in, insane. I'm, I'm so so hyped so for that pumped. movie. I want to so see pumped. that. And Captain Marvel, but I'll be honest with you, my anticipation is more for us me than too, Captain man. Marvel because I kind of. I kind of know what I'm going to get with Captain Marvel. Hey, this. folks, look at that. We're all in agreement. Yeah, <laughs> I just, no, seriously, it's, it's something it feels a little bit different. I uh, Avengers Endgame. I mean, again, I'm like, I'm, I'm already yeah. on board with yeah, this. I mean, it didn't do anything for me. Yeah, this one it didn't, didn't do, do anything. anything. I mean, I had about 15 people over, and that came up, and they're like, that's it? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. what, what, did we, what is that? It was really weird this year because on previous years we've had nothing or like a tiny tease and then we've had the big thing at the Super Bowl. And this year it was kind of like the cuddle after after the sex. It's like we've already had 
right. the main thing, and then it's like, oh, let's spoon for a bit. And I'm like, it just didn't feel right, right. as eventful this year. And yeah. I don't know whether that was because of the teams that were playing or maybe the controversy around M- NFL and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I just but it don't just felt different this I, year. The movie ads this year... Just, just a little bit meh. Everything, yeah. everything was meh this year, let's Easy. be honest. Here's oh, one that right. certainly yeah. wasn't for me. Uh, it's TV. <laughs> it's, it's TV, but obviously it has a film link. Uh, Twilight Zone. Oh, that oh, looks yeah. great. That, that, was that, yeah, that, that got my attention. Yeah. Still not signing up for CBS All Access, but that looked good. Well, we'll tell you how good it is. That's totally fine. Uh, Toy Story 4. I can't be honest I with you. Want, you didn't like the trailer? I didn't like it. Yeah. It didn't, I didn't do it for me. I, don't, I mean, I didn't even see that one. But I'm just still still on edge about the movie coming out because I've been waiting for this for so Same long. Same here. Yeah. And I just saw the trailer last night when I saw uh, Lego Movie 2. Mm. Yeah. And it's such a good trailer. So, you know. But, but they don't the, even the need movie... to market that movie anymore. Like, just right. stop marketing it right now because yeah. it's going to make a ton gotta of money. People have got to buy their tickets. But you don't need to you, market it. You know, there, no. there's another issue, too, I think, with the Super Bowl ads. Mm. And not just the movies. You can now see this. You can see all the Super Bowl ads before the Super Bowl. Yeah. So before that used to be a thing. Yeah. It used to be like when you had people over, whether you're watching the Super Bowl with people or not people, it was a thing for the ads to come on and you were surprised. Now that you see teasers or the trailers on the internet before the, the, the big game. Yeah. It just takes away the thunder. Uh, they weren't that good. No, I know. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw was another one, uh, which we had like days before. I know. Which was, it was a recut with some little different stuff in there. But again, I'm like, just take my fucking money. Yeah. yeah. I'm and, already on board with that. And when that. I, if you weren't, there's nothing in the new trailer that was going to make you go, maybe I should revisit that. It, <laughs> yeah, it was just a recut of the bigger and better trailer yeah. that they released online and, in, and on screen. You, if you're going for this, if you're spending five million dollars, mm. you make something special. And can I just say, please, 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 stop doing so many trailers for movies because I'm very concerned that all of the really funny, spectacular bits and the chemistry are going to be. We're going to see it before we actually see the movie, and it's going to detract from the movie. Just leave some other. I mean, I have no doubt they've got a lot up their sleeve, but these are damn good gags. Right. Let's not get so used to them that when they see it, it's like, eh, it'll affect the I impact know. of the movie. I, I, we don't need it. I mean, as good as Hobbs and Shaw is as a trailer, it is too long. Oh, they yeah, show yeah, far, yeah, yeah. far too much. Which either means that there's not going to be it. enough in there to, to carry it and make it stand out. Or they've seriously got a big bag of what to show yeah. us this summer. Yeah. Uh, let's also talk about, uh, this was one that was split up to, into a number of short ones, scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah. These, these sell. Yeah. Yes, yeah. these out of all of them, that and Twilight Zone, I think, had the most yes. impact for me. Yeah. And it, partly because they were fresh, but partly because they were really simple and well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. For, for, for Thanks, Thanos. my crowd, it was <laughs> uh, that, yeah. scary stories to tell. Yeah. Uh, I had a horror crowd, and people were like, that looks creepy, and us. People yeah. were like, what's this us? Oh, my God, it looks yeah. so creepy. Yeah. Uh, look at what people are saying in the in the chat. Uh, let's, yeah, we're gonna. We, Zaspiel, we're gonna get to 
um, Mission Impossible later on, so don't don't worry about that. Uh, okay, um, C- Captain Marvel, baby, uh, Sarah Brockle. <laughs> also saying uh, higher, further, faster, baby. Yep. I, I mean, this is a movie we were sold on. Zayas uh, <laughs> Bilu, I can't wait for us. Langley B. Neely, agreed, Scott. Zayas uh, Bilu, same Simons. Are clearly, we're both very wise. Yeah. Xeno, uh, our Captain Marvel is going to surprise people. I, agree. I, I I think it is. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. But because I think I, the trailers have been very mediocre. In all fairness, I love Brie really? Larson, but I don't. I don't think the trailers have been that. Uh, that great. Which like means I'm trailer. I'm hoping for me too. For I think it's going to be one of those punch because Black Panther had very eh trailers too, yeah. in my opinion. I so, don't know. I'm not going to be surprised by Sarah Brockle. I'm Marvel. waiting for people to see us. Then I find out how scary it is, and if I want to see it, you probably <laughs> want to see it. I'm pretty yeah. much sure. I'm, I'm there aren't many movies that I'm willing to put you know put my my money on the table and go. You will like this. I think this is going to be one of those. Do you think year. it'll be? I, I'm like already thinking, like the Get Out is a horror movie, but it's mm. a lot of it's psychological and a lot of it's social political. Yeah. Us looks like it's going to have those elements, but it looks a lot scarier. It does. Yes, it does. Yes. Uh, there, uh, yeah, there were no surprises from Sarah Zeno. Our Toy Story 4 will be fine. I think fine to good, I think is where we're at at the moment. I'm a little bit, I really want to see it. I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, Zeno, did anyone see the Child's Play trailer? We're going to get to that in a bit. Uh, Langley M. Neely, yep, I don't even watch the Super Bowl, just watch online. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people, you know, talking, feeling very much the, the, the same way. Um, Neely M, uh, Langley M. Neely, before we move on, uh, sad that the closest we've got to that is Netflix dropping the terrible Cloverfield movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year I, I watched the Super Bowl and then I went straight to Netflix and watched that. Me too. Oh, anticlimax. Yeah. Anticlimax. Yes. Did not like that movie. Yeah. No um, climax. No, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, <laughs> Lee Winnell. Second week on the show. Uh, last week we were talking about The Invisible Man. Right. Uh, literally, like a couple of hours after we did the show, we found out that he's going to be. Uh, writing and maybe directing a remake of Escape from New York, uh, which is great for him. I love Escape from New York, Me so I'm, I'm not quite sure how he's going to improve on it. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, having seen his work generally previously. A couple of missteps, a mm-hmm. sure. couple of falters on the road, but generally very, very good. I think it's going to be really visceral, and I think he can update the story. Um, your thoughts on this, Lee Winnell really coming to the fore at the moment, and I think he's some of it is off the work. back of upgrades. He's getting a lot of work, yeah. a lot of work. An upgrade now is on cable, which means yeah, people discovering a lot that more eyeballs yep. are going to be watching on the Showtime's, Cinemax's, HBO's. So I think with him, you're right. To me, Escape from New York, outside of the special effects, which yep. I still think are fine yep. for for the Carpenter version. Just don't bastardize the Carpenter version. That's yeah. all. I mean, don't... It'd have to do something something quite different, I think. Take I think it in so a slightly too. different direction. And it's going to be hard, for me anyways, to top, uh, to, to top Kurt Russell yeah. Yeah. to replace him. That's, that's going to be hard mm. as Snake Plissken. I think... Um... The fact that this is a cult classic type film, yes, I, I think it's it's something that can be expanded on, and I think people nowadays are always looking for films that people like us have really loved yeah. and seeing redone. I mean, as much as people complain about remakes, I think when you do a remake of something that has cl- uh, cult classic status, I think it, it has a better chance a better chance of finding a bigger audience, mm. as opposed to like someone remaking something like Back to the Future. Yeah, sure. It, it, you know, but I, I also think that there is a degree because to re, you know when you say cult classic, 
to remake a My Bloody Valentine, which mm. the original is a cult classic, but yes. still, there weren't. That makes sense because for the crazies fans, another one. Right, oh, the, yeah, crazies, the crazies, and that's a great remake. It's a great right? remake. I think more people, yes. John Carpenter's Escape from New York has you can call it a cult movie, but I think there it has a far bigger following yeah. than say My Bloody Valentine did or even The Crazies did. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think people like us too. I, I think there are people like us who really love Kurt Russell right. in that role as Snake Plissken. Well, it's hard to film. We talked about Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. How do you... We do it on a regular basis because right. it's fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, well, Zeno is saying, what about Wyatt Russell as Snake Plissken? I don't, I don't know. I mean, personally, I, yeah. what, the way that I would approach it would be... <coughs> sorry, I'm a little bit, little bit wheezy today. My chest is absolutely fucked. Um, <laughs> the Escape from New York remake, I would do it as effectively a remake, but not have it as Snake Plissken. Oh. Have it as a, a, a brother or a son or a whatever. I like that. And do and still have it as an escape from New York, but it's not the it's not a remake with a capital R. It's more of a story continuation or reimagining with that original source material still in existence. Then you know who might work following your Kevin Hart. Yes, I'm kidding. Kidding. No. Who do you think? Um, speaking of upgrade, the gentleman that was an upgrade. Remember, yeah. Yes. Uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. He could do it. He, I was also, I was, I was watching Upgrade. I said he could be a good Batman too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mentioned him on yeah. the show last yeah. week when we were talking about yeah. this. Who could replace as Batman? I did it right at the end of the show. No, I think he'd be great. And again, that's going to keep these costs down. Scotty's because is it Scott Eastwood? No, 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 no. Scott Scott Eastwood is was not in Upgrade. No, he wasn't an Upgrade, but he could be a good. Could be could be an option. Plus, I mean, he was in the fast, the last Fast and Furious movie. He yeah. was okay. Yeah, he was okay. He could I mean, okay. If, I mean, I think it would be quite funny to have someone like a, a John Boyega or someone, and there'd be constant jokes about him being the son of Snake Plissken. But it's like, oh yeah, I can I can see your father in you. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. just. And that's a great carpenter kind because of you can take right? you can take it in a complete. I don't think we should restrict ourselves just to white actors. I think doing that and that will be quite funny because obviously it's not to say that if you don't, you know, have a have a you know a, a child with someone of a, of, an, of another color that you wouldn't have a child that would turn out to be a certain color. So it wouldn't be like mocking I'm, someone. I'm, I just think it would be really. You could take it and still have that link to the heritage. So let's not just think about having white actors. I am on board with John Boyega. John Boyega, I think, the would be dialogue solid. Would be because if you remember an escape from New York, yeah. it was like I thought you were dead, or I thought I expected you to be taller, and, and for yeah, him, so I'd I like, expect you to be um, uh, white. Whoa, 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 yeah, whoa. But nobody's, I just I just think <laughs> it would be great. quite fun. Or what about a Jason Statham? If we are yeah. going to just keep it as, yeah, a, as a white yeah. male, yeah. I really thought you were going to be taller. But yeah, no, Jason's quite. He's a little bit taller than me, but not much. But no, I, I seriously think this. I mean, if we were like talking in the '90s and it was being done, I'd have said I'd love to see Tom Cruise in there, but I think that's too much. Right. I would, I would love to see someone like a Jason Statham or a John Boyega or the guy from Upgrade. Some really solid choices there, and and don't do a, a remake with a capital R. A remake with a small R, but move it in a slightly different direction. Sure. Uh, let's see what people are saying in the chat about this. Um, <clears throat> Simon, is something about to burst out of your chest? Maybe a little bit of flare, Sarah. <laughs> uh, but don't worry, that's not going to happen on air. Sorry, I'm just, the the air in LA has been really shit this week, so my asthma's playing up. Uh, Bob B. Kurt Russell invented the prototype action hero he with did. Escape from New York and Big Trouble in Little China. Absolutely. I mean, what's to say bringing Kurt back? Yeah. 
You know, because it's like how it's like how can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Go back to Escape from New York and have Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken again. Yeah, I mean. You know, he's he's back in favour. He has been for a couple of years now with Guardians and obviously the Christmas movie he did for Netflix. Why not? Why not? The fact that Snake Peskin has to again get out of New York. Do you think he would do it without John Carpenter? I don't know. But what's to say John Carpenter wouldn't be involved in it in some way? That's true. Yeah. You know, if That's John was true. to exact produce... That's true. We could see that happening. And then Absolutely. you know it's in really safe hey, pair of hands. We've so. got Jamie Lee Curtis That's back. what I'm saying, with yeah. the right script. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Logan Marshall Green was that gentle, that gentleman from Upgrade. Absolutely. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, yeah, Russell was riffing off of John Wayne, though, to be honest. Yeah, that is yeah. true. Uh, John Wayne's sadly not available, as he's dead. Uh, I'm kidding. He, no, he, I'm not, not about him being dead. He is dead. Uh, <laughs> that would be weird. Uh, well, that, that, that escalated quickly. Uh, film there, Jamie. Coming uh, soon to World War Interesting Z3. casting. Are we going? on the not white um, <coughs> idea Mahershala Ali for Snake yeah. you see I really Mahershala like Mahershala Ali can do anything anything, just, anything. anything. how anything. Hollywood manage without Mahershala uh, Ali I don't know he's just whatever he's, he touches yeah. even in bad movies I know he's, he's great. great it's I know. crazy because I am loving True Detective and what he's brought there watching him in Alita like he can yeah. do everything like has he been in a broad comedy yet no I put him in a broad comedy. Comedic moments in Elisa, which he does really, really yeah. nicely, by the way. That's True. not a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, as Ice Blue, I'd like Keith Powers, Michael B. Jordan, or Aldis Hodge. Aldis Hodge. Yes. Yeah. Um, from a movie we're going to talk about later in the show uh, that comes out this week, Aldis Hodge is in it. And he is one of those people that I was going like, you're too good for this. Aldis Hodge oh, is great. He's really good to look at. Oh. People were literally like almost cooing at the screen whenever he was on. He's a really good-looking guy. He's got a great physique, not too muscly, but really nice. He'd be good. What about the gentleman, um, uh, Sterling... Sterling oh, K. Brown? K. Yes. Oh, I love Sterling yeah, yeah. K. Brown. He could, be, he could be really good. What about too. Keanu Reeves? Oh, I've been doing all. He has his franchise. He has his franchise. Yeah, he's, True. Got D- Dylan he's, saying, got it. he's got it. D- Dylan saying uh, Brad Pitt as Snake? No. No. Uh, Langley M. Neely remaking Escape? Question mark? I think that way me leads folly, uh, but I'm intrigued to see what can be done. I'm intrigued. I mean, generally, you know, I'm not a massive fan. Oh, uh, John Bernthal. A snake. Oh, I mean, good, but again, he's got the Punisher, yeah, which to yeah, me yeah. is kind of similar. It's similar. I yeah. think that would be too much of a replication there. But some early interesting choices. Going to keep an eye on that project. Uh, the Oscars are coming up, everybody, which would be nice because when they're done, I can sleep. ABC <laughs> president says the Oscars went hostless to cut time. Me and the Oscars will let all five best song nominees perform. After all, good. Yeah. What do you guys say? Encoders. Yeah. I'm not going to say the Oscar producers are big fans of Meet the Movie Press, but every single thing that I've said, or you've said, or you've said on Meet the Movie Press, they have done. They have. And I've never seen, like, maybe they should just hire us. I'm available, you know, (laughs) after March. I've got some free time in my schedule. That's okay. Have you ever seen a There'd be a lot of dick jokes on that Oscar show. No. No. Oh, we're going to do Best Blockbuster. Nope. Oh, Kevin Hart. Nope. (laughs) I think what has happened this year with the Oscars is the Oscars are trying, the, the Academy are trying so hard to find a new place for this, a new way. You know, they want change. They want it to be different. They, they're trying a lot of things. But they don't have a plan. No. No. And what, what they're doing is they're moving pieces around a board, and that does it. It's like a Rubik's Cube. 
And they're kind of they're kind of going, okay, we've got a side of blues and we've got a red in the corner. How do we get rid of that? And they've got a bit of yellow in the green and they've got a bit of red in the blue. And I just think it's like every single time they're trying to twist the cube to get it back to normal, there's just something that d- d- piece that doesn't fit. Uh, yeah, but using your Rubik's Cube analogy, what they've done then is taken off all the stickers and put them where they want them so yeah. everything aligns. What they need but to it's do, just not right. They either need to work out how to do the Rubik's Cube or smash that thing and then put it back but, together again. That's but, what they need to do. But that's what we said. That's what we've been saying. But it's like do it on the, the fly. No, but Fucking planet. But that's yeah. what we've said. I said this from the beginning. It's like the show ends. Go to Hawaii. You go wherever it is. Yeah. You go for a vacation for three weeks, a month. And then as soon as you come back, mm. we should have host announcement by June. Oh, I July. know. I agree. Like, I agree. What are you waiting a month and a half before yeah. the show to announce a host? And... They need to find it needs to stay on like the like one network. Yeah. Is this why Jimmy Kimmel's not on? Because it's not on ABC this year, it's on CBS or whatever. They need to stay put somewhere. They also need to just realize that they need to stop worrying <clears throat> about ratings for yeah. these types of things. It's like the people who watch this watch this every year, <clears throat> even if they don't watch even yeah. if they say they're not gonna watch it. It's made for the Hardcore movie fans and people who love fashion. Those are the only two people who watch this show. Yeah. No, 100%. That's it. So The average it, people, they, they watch the, the little bits afterwards or they look at it on social media. And no chances are yeah. they haven't but seen most of the, the movies anyway. They used to be. I mean, people actually would tune in because they were... Even if they didn't know what all the movies were. Yeah. And, they, and again, there were only five best pictures. Mm. It wasn't ten, Right. But when you had the likes of Johnny Carson or Billy Crystal, you would tune in for an entertainment factor. And in some cases, where they were mixing up the host, there was the train wreck factor. Right, And now it's become more of, it's a mess. Yeah. I mean, I, I, t- to be honest with you, I have plenty of thoughts on this. Um, I have friends at the Academy that I regularly give them my thoughts on this. Um, I think next year they're going to be a bit together. I think this year we've needed a little bit of a train wreck. Yeah. You know, it's needed to get to that point in the relationship where the couple aren't talking and they've gone to the counsellor. And it's like, we're either going to save the marriage or we're going to have to get divorced. And I think they want to save the marriage, but they just need to get back all of it to need to start talking to each other again this right. year i think will be really interesting i think if it works hostless i think we can see hostless from here on in yeah, yeah certainly so. for a couple of years because it'll just to be honest with you save them a lot of shit yes. yeah and if people don't want to host the oscars which is always quite weird um then it takes the pressure off the industry i yeah. think just maybe <clears> if it works maybe this is the way i think them having the music is fine their coders through the night. I think it's slightly weird that you don't have last year's winners presenting the the, the this year's winners. I still uh-huh. think that's a little bit weird. Yeah. But let's see how it goes. I'm not entirely sure on which way they're doing it. I'm happy to be proved wrong, but we'll see how that goes. Okay, we're going to do five more minutes of news because I want to spend a bit of time on this week's releases. Uh, so let's go through this. Taika Waititi will not direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Smart Warner move. Brothers offered James Gunn Superman before the Suicide Squad. First of all, Taika Waititi uh, not going to do Guardians 3. Smart move. I think they're going to struggle to find someone to do Guardians of the Galaxy 3 for the immediate future. I agree. A lot of people in the industry still think that that should have been James's baby, including the people in the movie. Yes. So you've got got the audience to sell on it. You've got to get somebody who does it, who's affordable and wants to do the job, and you've got to get the cast to go, let's play nice. I wouldn't want that job. You know, and and I think we said that... 
I think we said that when the whole thing yeah. went down with, with, with Peter Gunn is that whoever does it, the poor soul is in a lose-lose situation. Mm. Um, they could be the most talented director in the world, but they're going to go in with a cast and crew that really doesn't like him or her. Um and it's going to be an uphill battle. Yeah. Uh, and and I just don't think it's fair for whoever gets that person to be treated in such a way because you don't know who that person is yet. Yeah. The person could actually pull off a decent movie, right? But, it, again, it's like being a host of an Oscars. It's lose-lose. Yeah, and, I mean, <laughs> the problem with that movie ultimately is is that who wants to come in and compete with the original? The yeah. second one you, you're not really competing with much. Yeah. But the, the, the first one. Like, yeah. who wants to go in there and say, you know what? Here's Guardians. This is the movie that everyone thought was going to suck. Yeah. It Including made t- some of the people involved in the movie. Right. And it did really <laughs> well at the box office and is one of the best Marvel movies. Yeah. Like, Agreed. how are we going to do that? So Agreed. it's going yeah. to be difficult. Uh, let's let's talk about James Gunn being offered Superman before Suicide Squad and saying no. I would have loved to have seen a James Gunn Superman. Yeah. I'm really, really, I really, really would have been intrigued to have seen that. Not I'm surprised a- they offered it to him. No. I'm not. I'm I'm happier he's doing suicide. Me too. I feel like it's more fitting for him. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I agree. And I think he'll put it right on track. Two Zootopia, uh, two Zootopia, uh, two <laughs> Zootopia sequels maybe in the works of Disney Animation. I wish that? I wish they would have just left it at one. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I, it wouldn't I, have upset me if they I did. Don't, I don't. I really want. We don't need sequels one. to everything. No. no. That no. was like such a perfect film. It really like, was. by itself. It really like, I don't was. Want Someone one. said to me recently, it's like they'd love to see a sequel to Coco. I was like, what, you want more members of his family to die? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. sort of macabre franchise is I, that? Listen, I loved Coco. I, I, I can't emotionally. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, won't be able to do it. Avatar sequels will send Eddie Falco to Pandora seemingly as a new villain. Uh, Am I the only one who doesn't care about these movies? No, I, I, I actually spoke to James Cameron about uh, Avatar and, and Alita this week. Um, and he was like, you're looking forward to the Avatar movies? And I was like, no. No. I said, I know a lot of people love him, but I said, I just... No. I'm very impressed by what it did, but I'm I, like, I just don't give a shit. Well, yeah. I am going to be the, that third person on no, the team. I can't wait. And you can't, can't wait. Can't wait. Do you know what? We'll see Cannot him. wait. We'll see him, but... I, I'm, I can't say I'm genuinely excited. There are many other things that I'm far yeah. more excited well, about. Well, you're not genuinely excited yet because we haven't seen anything on no. it yet. Because the first movie was mediocre. I, minus I, the visuals. Yes, I thought it was mediocre. It was all about visuals. Yeah. Uh, you're back, wrong. <laughs> back-to-back Mission Impossible sequels arrive late in the summer of 2021 and 2022. Okay. I mean, I think it's, it's shrewd to do a year after. I think yeah. like the, kind of the Harry Potter model and stuff like that. Uh, a year or two years is great, but yeah, I mean, great. Let's do it. That's going to be that's going to be a blue balls cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. That's yeah, it really going to be one of the yeah, and then he picks up the next one. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin Feige will take over the X Men. Disney will search for a new Wolverine. <laughs> I mean, no real surprise. No, no real surprise. No surprise and good luck. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I mean, not... again, I'm not saying it can't happen, but good, good luck, luck. Yeah. because when you had. Hugh Jackman, on so many levels, number one, he was great in the first X-Men movie, which you said, right? But then he made it his own, and he took ownership of that character. Yeah. Even... Even when they produced that shitty X, that Wolverine movie. Oh, the Origins right? one? Yeah. He could have walked away. Wolverine's day he off. He never <laughs> did. And he, he, because he took ownership of it, he, he, he respected what the character had did for his career. Mm. And it's hard to find actors like yes. that today. Yep. And I don't know what you're going to, 
it's good luck. Yeah. Uh, interesting God's comments speech. in the chat. Uh, people are saying, uh, Langley is saying, uh, wants Bradley Cooper to be Lex Luthor. Interesting. Uh, and Jody's <laughs> okay. saying, uh, Bradley Cooper is already attached to Guardian, so why doesn't he direct? Maybe. I don't think that's his his wheel arch, but we mm. could see. Doesn't matter. Uh, I didn't think Star is Born was his wheel arch. No, that's but... true. Uh, Netflix uh, stays in the Ted Bundy business by Zac Efron's extremely wicked Bundy biopic. That is a smart move. Very smart move. They're big on Bundy. Bundy's big right now. Yeah. He's making a killing. <laughs> um, no, but seriously. Al he's Bundy? celebrating his, his, cannot, his... Married with Children's coming back? People, people cannot. Not yet. No. Next week. <laughs> next week. <laughs> People cannot uh, get enough of Bundy right now, and I'll tell you what. After after we've saturated Bundy, yeah, and, um, and Charles Manson is is really big again. How long until we see the likes of Ed Gein, Gacy, Gacy? Yeah, Gacy. But but what do you think it is about Bundy that it's that, that charm? I mean, I watched that movie. And <clears throat> I mean, it's the charming, charismatic man that he was. Mm. I mean, you. That movie does such a great job of making you fall in love with that character, yeah. even though he's such a piece of shit. It's, ama- <laughs> it's amazing watching it. Yeah. It really is. Like, and, and that's why Zac Efron's so grand in the role, because it plays all his strengths. Right. And okay. everybody was talking about, you know, Ted Bundy and this 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 show that's on Netflix is uh, is about the fact how how you know they're same going, guy. Hot. You know, it's the same guy, right? Yeah, yeah. The director, same person. Yeah, and it's like, oh my god, Ted Bundy's so hot, and it's like it was like a serial killer. It's like someone's hot, they're hot. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's not appropriate, but it's like if you think they're hot, then. You know, yeah. that's the way it is. Uh, so very briefly, uh, let's do two minutes on Sundance. Uh, your your highlights. You worked your ass off there yes. for the last couple of weeks. You got ill, but you're better. Right. So your highlights for Sundance. So the biggest movie that come out of Sundance this year that I think is going to have the longest staying power mm-hmm. is a movie called The Farewell. Okay. Which stars Aquafina. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be something that you're going to... A24 picked it up. Right. It's probably going to get a release later in the year. Right. I, I see it going either for a foreign film nomination, uh, maybe a Best Supporting Actress, maybe a Best Supporting uh, best Actress nomination for Aquafina. Okay. Um, the Ted Bundy movie, uh, it fits on Netflix. I, I feel like if they, reach, they released it theatrically, it probably wouldn't have done all that well. Yeah. I think it, it's a good home for there. Um, the Amazon, we were talking about this a little bit briefly before, Amazon took a lot of movies that were crowd pleasers this year. Yeah. Uh, they have Britney Runs a Marathon, which is is my favorite film out of the festival. Yeah. Um, movie, obviously, I run a lot of marathons if you look at me. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's something about drive and um, beating yourself up and, yeah. and feeling down on yourself, but... I don't know the way that's handled, and I and I don't like Jillian Bell. Uh, okay, I really, I really don't like her at all. But this movie made me a fan. Like huh. this movie showed, like, wow, she can be a real well-rounded performer. There's dramatic moments. There's there's comedic moments, and and there's just certain parts where she just falls apart. And I mean, <clears throat> they just felt so authentic and real, and yeah. I really loved it. Um, the, the other Amazon movie that picked up was Late Night, which a lot of people, that's the one was getting a ton of buzz out mm-hmm. of this yes, festival. Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling, uh, Emma Thompson. Uh, I think this movie, uh, they were going for the big sick type of vibe. Yeah. And um, I think it's I think it's going to do okay. I don't actually think okay. it's going to be a huge hit. Interesting. Uh, okay, before we go to this week's box office, I want to talk about Child's Play trailer. People are asking about that. Yes. Drop this morning. Did you have it a chance did. to look I at did. it? I did. A thoughts? It, it looks fine. It looks fine. It looks fine. It's funny because the Child's Play movies themselves right yeah. now, 
uh, they're all over cable. I yeah. think one of the channels had America. And they're on the yesterday. streaming platforms and stuff um, as well, yeah. So I've been seeing a lot of Chucky, and this looks fine. It looks different. It doesn't look like it's a straight remake of the original. No. So, yeah. It looks intriguing sure. enough. I, I do agree with a lot of the comments that I saw online today about the kid looking a little too old. Yeah. I do agree with that because it's like, why is this kid playing with a doll? Uh, but other than that, the tone and the vibe of the film, it, it fell on point yeah. to yeah. me. Uh, okay, let's talk about this week's big releases. We have 10 minutes left on the show. It's a very busy week for us this week. Uh, let's start out with The Prodigy. Did anybody get to see this? This is a horror film that I'm intrigued to see. I want to see it did too. Not, yeah, did not get any information on screenings for this. I've seen some reviews, so clearly it was screened. Um, it's probably one I think that's going to get a little bit buried this week. Um, just because there's a couple of other movies coming out that I think are getting more attention for various reasons. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I might check it out when it comes on, on VOD or something, yeah. but it just doesn't, it's not cutting through. I'm seeing no marketing for it, really. Uh, okay, let's move up to Cold Pursuit. What a week for Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh boy. Um, yeah, uh, people are asking, like, talk about Liam Neeson, talk about Liam Neeson. Obviously, he made some comments this week that were... Uh, can I say questionable? Questionable, well, ill-advised, stupid. Um, was it again though? Isn't it again though? One of those situations where there were comments. He didn't make them this week. He made them. He made them at a, at a junket a couple of weeks ago, but they came out this week because right. because the, the movie's coming out. Right. So he made them at junkets like three or four weeks ago in in New York. Okay. Yeah. Um, poorly judged. Yeah. He's got this movie Cold Pursuit coming out, which personally I actually enjoyed. Um, I didn't see it. I I I mean. I, they screened this. Oh I, my I god! So just, many times. So many times. I saw it in January of early January. I personally, I think it's really good. It's him as a snowplow driver getting revenge. You kind of get the <laughs> thing. It's like he's a postman getting revenge. He's a masseur getting revenge. He works in Ralph's getting revenge. <laughs> you know, he works in Apple stores getting revenge. He's a revenge artist taking a day off and then gets revenge. He's a bathroom attendant. He's a bathroom attendant getting revenge. <laughs> but after he's cleaned your hands um, for five dollars. Uh, Cold Pursuit, I mean, it's, it does what it does, and it does it quite nicely. It's really about the kills in this, and there are some really innovative kills. It's, it doesn't stick around too long. There's some dark comedy in there, which is a really nice relief. Right. It reminded me of kind of almost the Schwarzeneggerian movies of the 80s and 90s where you get the puns and the, you know, the comedy kills. I mean, I think it was, it, it's actually a pretty good movie. I, I don't know how his comments this week are going to affect the box office, um, probably not going to affect it at all. Probably not massively, no. to be honest with you. Um, just only poorly, we care about it. Our bubble, Paul. Only Paul bubble. timing, but um, yeah. yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, I quite enjoyed it. I mean, I don't say rush out and see it, um, but you know, see what happens. I'm surprised with that. at how how great the reviews are for this. Yeah, honestly. so am I. So am I. I really wasn't expecting I've heard good much. Things. Some some of these arranged movies that he's done recently. I mean, like the commuter, I thought was very you know very yeah, average, yeah. and you know nonstop, I thought was very average. But you know, I, I actually thought Cold Pursuit was in in the high, in his in his revenge oeuvre. <laughs> I thought it was at the higher end of that. Uh, what men want? I saw this this week. Um, New. No. I saw it earlier. Man, no want this. I liked it more than you did. I'm not That's saying okay. it's a fluff. I'm not saying it's a perfect film. I think the third act is uh, is lazy. Mm. Um, but I really liked Taraji P. Henson. I thought she was really strong. I thought she First, was fine. I thought I really liked her. I've never seen her in a comedic role such as this. Mm. Uh, I liked her assistant. Uh, I mean, I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, there are certain things, but it, it's rated R, and yeah. I think it has one of the funniest sex scenes. 
I've seen in a movie. You told me that. While. I didn't find it that funny. Oh, I thought it, I I'm thought sure it was I won't find it funny. But then I'll, again, I'll, I've I'll seen let you me know. having sex, and that's, I'll be honest with you, it's a joke. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, there, there are some funny moments in there, but the funniest moment in that is in the trailer. And I'm like, oh. Which moment I, is that? The I'm wearing your mask. Oh, okay. Wakanda forever. And I'm like, oh, man. I mean, I, I thought it was, it's fine. There are a couple of really big belly laughs in there, but I cannot tell you for the life of me what they were. As soon as I left the movie theatre, I was like, well, that was fine. And it was a nice sorbet, a palate cleanser, because I've been watching a lot of awards movies and stuff like that at the moment. So it was it was dumb and it was fluffy. And I just didn't, I just didn't, I just didn't write gel for me. Lots of really good things in there. Like, Aldous is great. And, you know, I think... How's um, Tracy Morgan? Because uh, isn't, isn't, this his big, isn't this his big return, Kind right? of, but it's not... I mean, he's on the poster with her, but yeah. it's not about... I mean, they have a connection <clears throat> in the movie, but it's not really about that. It's quite uh, misleading. I, Aldous is the the male, yeah. the real strong male. I mean, there are lots of interesting sub-ideas, and there's lots of... I think some of the... Some of the opinions of what men want in this are very. I'm not saying it is, you know, it's purely based in bro culture, but they seemed, as a man, it seemed a little bit outdated. Um, it just felt a little bit like this would have probably been funny like five or six years ago. She's above the content. She's better than this. She's like hidden figures, great. And this to me is like she deserves a better comedy vehicle. Why Hollywood can't find a really good vehicle outside of hidden figures for Taraji P. Henson? Oh, I don't know. I, I wondered no that all the time. Idea. Yeah. Because she's great with dramatics and she's really good with comedy, but she's not given the strength of material here. The best comedy is often given to other people in the movie. The only, the only, uh, you know, besides Viola Davis and Regina Hall, yeah. I think they're the only two have been able to find that balance yeah. all across it's the very, board. Very, very, you know, and I'm just poor I, Gabrielle Union. Oh my I god, her, she's yeah, another one. Yeah. Like, oh, oh my god, oh my god. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I, again, I, I think that for, for, I think it's gonna. For crossover audiences, I think yeah. it's gonna, and I think it's gonna do really well. The question everyone wants to know: Is yeah. it better than the Mel Gibson one? I mean, I, mean, I didn't, I, I didn't like the Mel Gibson. I, one. I wasn't a big fan of that one. Either. I thought it was I, fine. You know, I mean, yeah. I, someone, a friend of mine who's an agency was saying they were pretty sure that this was going to be like you know a surprise, you know, big breakout comedy hit, and I'm like, I'm not seeing it. I think it'll do okay for a couple of weeks. I think it'll do fine. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, a, a flop, but I, I mean, I just, it just, it underwhelmed me. It wasn't strong enough. Considering how strong some of the comedies that Paramount have been putting out, like, again, Instant Family, where you have something which is a really interesting message. You have stuff that tugs at the heartstrings and stuff that really makes you laugh, and you gel it really well together. This just didn't gel for me. It seemed like a couple of good ideas thrown together in a movie that were kind of mostly developed in many cases, and a couple of really cheap, easy gags. It wasn't really... Yeah. Wasted, know. wasted opportunity. You know, to your point on instant family, look, I think I can speak for the three of us because we, we all agree that that was a really great movie. Yeah. It should have, it should have gotten a bigger audience, right? Yeah. I think the, I think with what men want is I think it's a really good safe like safe comedy for Paramount yeah. because I think it really will cross over. I think you're going to get the African American audience to go into it. I think it's I mean it is rated R, but it never crosses any lines, which is fine Didn't because go it's hard not enough for an R rated. Yeah, and for they me, should have gone. It, gone it doesn't. Ha- it's not that kind of a movie. No, but it, you so, have the opportunity to make it that kind of movie by I mean, the context of the stories that yeah, it's telling. If I you're going to do crazy fun. sex stuff, do crazy sex stuff you don't just sort of sprinkle it in like there's a really cheap gag with with Callan Lutz and I'm like I thought that was funny I didn't I thought like would you yeah. just do? but then it didn't it it arrived and then it disappeared very quickly it wasn't a 
Yeah. I, it, it, so they could have done more. I'm so worried how I'm going to feel about this movie. It just didn't really. It didn't work for me. A lot of missed opportunities, but a lot of potential that wasn't realized. So I think it'll do okay. Uh, the Lego Movie Two, um, brick harder. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of over Lego. I'll be honest with you. I enjoy the movies, Lego but I'm my kind ego. of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm not. You know, you guys. I mean, you, Dimitri. I, I you watched the last movie night. last night, and you know, I thought brick for brick, it was as inventive, imaginative, um, as clever, and I thought it had really solid messaging. Yeah. As the original Lego Movie, um, you know, and I think that the. Outside of the spin-offs, like I think like the first Lego movie was very clever and I think I think it took a lot of people by surprise. Mm. Um the Batman I enjoyed, but I didn't enjoy it as much as that Lego movie. Yeah. Um full transparency, I didn't see Ninjago. Um but not this a lot movie, of people did. So I this movie I still like it a little bit more than Batman. I I, I got into it. I thought it was funny, I thought the meta humor worked. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it. It's uh, I was very disappointed with it. Um, I remember watching the trailers and just saying to myself, like, this is not going to be good. Um, <laughs> and the problem with it for me, in my opinion, is that I really did love the first Lego movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very inventive. I thought it was a celebration of imagination. The yep. way that the an- animation was done was very unique. This one, it just kept on feeling like more of the same. And then, like, everything felt repetitive. It's like, oh, here's a joke about, like, we can't say that this character is from Jurassic World, but we'll just keep, you know, showing it over and over and over again. And then, and, and then there's that whole pullback, what they did in the first film, about, like, the human characters. And they just, like, rely on that so much in this one. Yeah. And it just doesn't have the same effect. <clears throat> the only thing that I will give it credit for, two things that I'll give it credit for, is Tiffany Haddish. Yep. Because yeah. I think she's amazing in it, and I, I didn't know she can sing. And she, yeah. was, she has a great musical number. And the soundtrack, which I, which I will say is better than the first soundtrack. And I love that they put Garfunkel and Oates in the soundtrack. Yeah. But I think it's... Uh, the thing is, when, when the, the original Lego movie was really original, it was very knowing yes. and nodding. Right. And it's kind of like movies like we had in the 90s, like, you know, the, the Naked Gun and stuff. It's great. But when you know that that's, that's the joke, and you do that joke a second movie, and a third movie, and a fourth movie... I mean, it can still be a good joke, but you get diminishing lols. It's like we were talking about at breakfast this morning. Yeah. The the Batman joke, okay? They've done this now. This is the third time that he's featured in a movie. Yep. How many times are we going to get Will Arnett being this, you know, egotistical male? Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like, you know, he's the, the, you know, the prime example of what's wrong with Hollywood with the male system. Like, yep. we get it, okay? It's so annoying. And I just felt like the movie just didn't know... What to do? It just it just kept like throwing like things at the screen and jokes and it, it, you know Ashley m- mentioned this to me when she walked out of it. She f- she said it feels like that kid in school who gets the joke and he's like, "Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny?" Hey guys, yeah, yeah. isn't that funny? Ah. It's like yeah, and that's just what it kept feeling like yeah. to me. Huh. Um, people are saying in, in the chat uh, on, on this uh, talking about the uh, what what men want. Uh, don't underestimate. This is from Langley. Don't yeah. underestimate the female audience and how no. starved they are for content. No, because the thing is that if it <laughs> just because you starve an audience of content and then you give them a scrap of bread doesn't mean they should be grateful for the scrap of bread. 
Women should expect better content. They're getting better content. And if you're saying that basically women should be grateful for this, they, they shouldn't. They deserve better. The film deserves better. The cast deserves better. There is a much better movie in here, in the concept, than they're being delivered. Don't be desperate. If you turn your back on stuff that Hollywood puts out there that isn't up to standard, Hollywood will give you better content. Demand it, expect it. I also I don't disagree, but here, but I will, but, but to this point, given the choice, to me, what was the better movie between What Men Want and Ocean's 8? To me, What Men Want wins that no, to me, Ocean's Eight. I wasn't a massive fan of Ocean's Eight. I did not 8, like but... that movie at all. Yeah, and and this movie, I, I got laughs. A better example for me is is you take Girls Trip and you combine right. it with Rough Night. Oh, perfect! Because oh, Rough Night too. was shit, awful, absolute yeah. shit. Awful. And then you had Girls Trip, which right. was amazing. Yeah. and they Very came funny. out within a couple of months. Yeah. Of it but it's women on a trip. Yeah. Doesn't make it right. Yeah. No. Doesn't make mm-hmm. it right. No. Demand, demand better. I mean, it's, yes. not, it's not a terrible movie, but I don't, don't. If, if Hollywood is giving you this, don't go. We'll settle for this. Expect more. Right. I, and if you, feel I don't that, understand this mentality. If, if you feel men are being served in Hollywood, then it, demand the same thing for women. There's yes. nothing wrong with that. And a really interesting comment. We need to wrap the show up, uh, but this is actually from uh, Sarah. I just want a lesbian romantic comedy. Give it to me, Sarah. I would love to yes. see a lesbian romantic comedy. Uh, a, a story we didn't get to this week is Billy Eichner's teaming up with um, uh, the, the director of Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Judd Apatow for a new gay romantic comedy. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, I was sitting behind, sitting in front of a couple of gay guys at, at, at uh, What Men Want, and they love this movie. They absolutely love this movie. There is a serious market, not just for the, for the LGBTQ audience, for people like me. Who I, I would love to see. It's not represented. We have a niche for that. Ask for that. Push for that. Push your Do you remember forward. the movie Imagine Me and You? No. It's uh, yes. Piper Perbo. Yeah. It was a great movie. A kissing Jessica Stein. Yeah. Another was like great, 25 yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. Well, I, I mean, think about this. She's a cheerleader. Was it that long ago? Oh, but I'm a cheerleader. Oh my god, comedy. I love that movie. But I mean, do you know what? Let's have more than like a handful of gay comedies well, every ten fucking but, years. But again, the movies that you're talking about were extremely independent. Yes, they were art house movies. But do you yeah. know what? They're, they're not. No, you no, know, they but, but the times have changed now. Yes. They should be making I'm more of these. Have changed. Not, We've got know, gay dramas. Let's have gay. Well, comedies. there was there was also that show on Netflix which I loved. Everything sucks. Yeah. Which which had this whole love story going on, and they canceled it. Like all of all the shit that they have on Netflix, yeah. they didn't let. And that one, right. like, it's on so many best of lists at the end of last year, and yet they wanted to cancel. And it was really exploring those themes, mm-hmm. and it was fun. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. I, I think there's, there's so much opportunity here. Guys, um, thank you so much for this show. Dimitri, who are you? Where can we find you? Be quick. You can find me here, right here, at the Popcorn Talk Network to meet the movie press. And then uh, you can find me also on uh, Anatomy of a Movie and on the Twitters at DMovies1701. Scott Manzel, who are you? Where can we find you? Okay, you can find me right here at Meet the Movie Press. I am also on LAOFCS Weekly, which comes on at 11 a.m. today. And then on Sunday, sorry, Sunday on The Curvy Critic over on Black Hollywood Live. And this is at Meet Movie Press on Twitter. Meet the Movie Press. My name is Simon Thompson. You can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. Have a great week. If you're watching the BAFTAs, have a great BAFTA weekend. Uh, we would love to talk to you again in the chat next week. We love when you're part of the show. If you've got questions for us, put them in at the beginning of the show and then we can actually answer them. Not when we have two minutes left. Because <laughs> we want to talk to you. We want to answer your questions. Guys, have a great week. Thank you for your support. Like, share, subscribe. Tell everybody we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify, we're on Anchor, we're everywhere! We're like a fart in an elevator! You can't avoid us!
Have a good one. But nobody wants to write From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.